0: The Cup of Glow podcast seeks to entertain, inform, and inspire you through serial stories and discussions, prompting you, the milestone diva in our midst, to own your power. Our guest today, Rhett Devane, says, Everyday magic surrounds us. Rhett Devane is a Florida native originally from Chattahoochee. Her hometown, a small North Florida burg with a state mental institution on the main drag, serves as the colorful setting for her Southern fiction series. Rhett resides in Tallahassee, located in the Big Bend area, where she splits her time between writing and thinking about writing. Rhett is the author of seven published mainstream fiction novels, Her short fiction pieces have appeared in five anthologies. She has penned two middle-grade chapter books, as well as two co-authored novels. Rhett's book, Suicide Supper Club, received the 2014 President's Award from the Florida Authors and Publishers Association and 1st place unpublished fiction. Fiction Writers Association, RPLA, contest. She has won numerous awards for her fiction from the Tallahassee and Florida Writers' Associations. Rhett is currently working on the next novels in line, as well as a new series of middle grade and young adult fiction and children's picture books. To learn more about Rhett and her work, please visit her website, www.rettedevain.com. Welcome, Rhett. We met during a book club meeting after your first book was published. My book club members and I were so excited to have you join us that evening. Many years and many books later, we're excited to have you with us on the Cup of Glow podcast today. One of the top, aspirations for individuals nearing retirement is to write a book. Please share your journey from an idea to a published book.
1: Oh my goodness, that's like trying to sum up the dictionary, but I'll give it a quick try. Uh, You sit down and you simply allow the muses to flow through you and you try to get a book into first draft. For me, that takes about three months of writing. And then you sit for probably the next several months and you edit and you re-edit and you revise. You work with an editor. You try to get it as perfect and as as free of errors as you possibly can. And then you move on to finding people to help you with cover design and how to get it into formatting uh, for both Kindle and for print. I've been both published by a small press, which they did all of that. And a few years ago, I formed my own publishing company so that now I am doing all those different steps with the help of many qualified individuals for other aspects that I don't know how to do. But it's been a long journey. I've been writing since I was old enough to hold a fat pencil, and I continue to write and hope to do that for many more years.
0: I remember a fat pencil. Oh, my God, that was a long time ago. How did you decide on writing fiction?
1: I write fiction because I find reality too stunning. (laughs) (laughs) Um, In fiction, I can take ideas and things that I want to say, and I can bring them out through the characters. And to me, that's a little bit less threatening way to state how I feel about the world. Um, A lot of times you can put things across to people in that fashion that they might not listen to you if you were just speaking to them, But when you're speaking through a character, you can kind of put that cloak on, and it allows you to say things that normally you wouldn't feel maybe comfortable to say face-to-face, or at least I wouldn't.
0: I think if I had creativity in my brain somewhere, I would try fiction too, but I think a little bit boring. I prefer to read your books. Oh, well, see, that's what the
1: good thing is, is that you have writers and you have readers. And if it wasn't for the readers, i what would I be doing just sitting here doing nothing? So I'm pretty happy about the fact that you love to read.
0: Well, that's good because now I can chat with you, too, about it all. Absolutely. Of all the books you've written, what's your favorite one?
1: That's really hard to answer because they. when I look back at them, each one of them is favorite. It's like trying to pick a favorite child or favorite niece or nephew. I'd have to say the one that's dearest to my heart probably is this last one, Parade of Horribles, um, because it brings back some characters from my very first novel, The Mad Hatter's Guide to Chocolate, and takes them forward several years in time. And I got to revisit all of them and become reacquainted with them and see how their lives had gone since then. Because I, I miss the characters once they're not in my mind at the moment. Um, so I'd, I'd have to say probably the latest one I did is my favorite so far. But but then every time I work on a book, it becomes my favorite.
0: Oh, my, my. You mentioned earlier that you formed your own publishing company. Tell us the pros about traditional publishing that's going to someone else to publish for you, and self-publishing books?
1: That's really a big decision for any writer. Um, Of course, the ultimate would be if you had some big publisher pick you up and they take it and they have editors and designers and you're just sitting back and waiting to market it once it's all finished. But nowadays, there is a, a fierce amount of competition. And if, a lot of times, if you sat back and waited for somebody else to take it, you may be waiting your entire life. Um, so many people are writing anymore. And that, that being said, I did enjoy having a traditional publisher for the first four books. But I've really liked to challenge myself and I love to learn new things. And I've really enjoyed having my hands in every single part of the production of a book. Going forward, since I have an agent now with the several books that are being uh, sent out to publishers, I certainly welcome someone else coming along and taking some of that work away from me, but I'm definitely not, I don't have a problem with doing it again because I've done it before. To me, it's a big challenge. It's a learning experience and it keeps my mind active. And I think anything that
0: does that is a good thing. I hear you. Um, what's the best reward you've gotten from your writing? Other
1: than the fact of feeling that you have accomplished something and you've always wanted to do and something that's your passion, the thing that rewards me most is hearing from readers. I once had a woman come to me with one of the first books and let me know that her father, who had passed away, had been staying with her. He had terminal cancer, he was in the latter stage of his life. And she had not heard him laugh in as long as she could remember. And she said, I gave him your book and I walked by his room and I heard him laugh for the first time in so long. And she said, I had to go somewhere and cry for a few minutes. But I I thought to myself at that time, if I never receive another compliment, that one is one that I will always remember and cherish that I was able to let somebody have some joy at a time when they weren't feeling much joy.
0: Well, that's a nice story. I got a little misty just thinking about that. I've lost both of my parents, and it's been a while, and you can remember things, and I can just imagine how she felt to witness that, to hear her dad laugh when he hadn't done it in a while. That's so cute. Thank you for helping him find his laughter. Well, that's what writing is all about. It's
1: about sharing the human experience with someone else, and all of us have a little bit different take on things. But it's my small way of giving back a little bit. Um, everybody has their way of doing that, especially creative people, whether it's art or music or writing or any of the ways we express each o- for each other. I think it's just very important to to have to leave something behind whenever you leave
0: this world. For sure. Please share your advice for the listener who may be starting a book right now or thinking about writing.
1: What I would say on it is you don't have to necessarily be clear about where you're going with it. Um, People are so afraid to sit down and actually start writing. You don't necessarily have to go into it with publication in mind that you're going to put a book out for others to read. You can do something as simple as sitting down and writing your family history to pass on to your children or others in your family. Or you can write just for yourself in a journal to help kind of clear up some of the issues that you've had to face in your life. Writing is a very personal thing, and where you decide to go with it is totally up to you. But the most important thing if you're thinking about doing is sitting down and doing it, whether it's at a computer or sitting with a pad of paper and your favorite pen. It doesn't much matter
0: as long as you do it. Okay, listeners, you heard that. Just do it. If it's a thought in your mind, just start writing. You can straighten it out later on. Anyway, Rhett has a publishing company. Maybe you can contact her and she could help you out or guide you in the right direction. We've dubbed women, age 50 and older, milestone divas with special tags for each decade. Feisty 50s, sassy 60s, saucy 70s, exciting 80s, nifty 90s and awesome 100s. You and I discussed another milestone we can attain. Please share that with everyone.
1: This is a story that relates from my mom who was a very funny and very, very wise woman. She was a teacher and she lived to almost the age 91 before she passed. When she turned 90, she told me to sit down that she had something very important to tell me. And of course, I always knew this was going to be a real gem. So I sat down and she said, honey, I don't know if you're there quite yet, but you're coming up on this. I need to let you know what's going to happen. She said, you're going to reach a point in your life that I like to call rat's butt. And that's when you realize that you don't really care about too many things other than the really important things in life that you've reached rat's butt. And I was almost 50 at the time. She told me that I'm much older now, but I realized pretty close to 50. I looked down one day and I was wearing plaid pants and a mismatching top and looking kind of raggedy working out in the yard. And I really didn't care. And I think at that point I realized I had reached rat's butt and it made me smile. So there's another milestone for you, ladies you got to reach rats, butt one day you may not be there yet, but
0: I'm thinking about making some t-shirts. So if you want one, just let me know. Well, I can definitely attest to it. I have reached rats, butt, and I'm proud of it. I will want one of those t-shirts as soon as you make them available. Absolutely. <laughs> On this podcast, we always provide opportunities to recognize and celebrate birthdays with our listeners by offering a fun story or fun birthday trivia. Rhett, tell us about your most fun or interesting birthday. Oh, my goodness.
1: I think my most fun birthday was when I turned 60, uh, had saved up the money and went up to Canada with a friend of mine. It had been beautiful weather. It was in October, first week of October. And I'd always wanted to see snow. And, of course, being in Florida, we see snow about every 20 years. Well, it snowed. On my birthday, just that day, about an inch and a half of a beautiful dust thing, enough to make a little snowman. And we got it to walk around in the snow. And the next day it cleared up and it was a beautiful sky and the snow went away. So it was like I had this little gift of snow on my 60th
0: birthday. That is wonderful. I'm still a Florida girl. And I've seen little teeny bits of snow, but not enough to even build a one-foot snowman. One day I'll get that adventure as well. Rhett, it's been a pleasure chatting with you today. You've given us a lot of information and certainly entertained us. And possibly you've sparked the interest of the listener who may be exploring writing a book. Before we close, please leave us with at least one nugget of wisdom to help us live happy. I would say if you're feeling sad,
1: think of someone you know and think of how they laugh. Because we can remember things. We have a memory for sound. And if you can remember the sound of someone's laugh, even someone who's passed on, It will lift your spirits almost immediately. That's my tidbit of advice. It works for me every time.
0: Thank you. I'm going to save that memory in my little basket of nuggets. Thanks again for your time, Rat. We really appreciate it. Bye now. Thank you. Bye-bye. Today's program was brought to you by Replay Fitness, Inc., helping women age 50 and older to retire happy and feel good again. Please send your emails to info at replayfitnessinc.com to join our wait list and be informed when new sessions are open. If you are already subscribed to the Cup of Glow podcast, thank you. If you haven't subscribed already, please subscribe so you will be notified when new episodes have been posted. Until next time, this has been the Cup of Glow Podcast with Gloria Darling, your sassy 60s milestone diva. It's about a decade and not a day.